0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo! I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Caitlin Cut. Oh my Still. god! We're your hosts. We we are.
1: It's us. It's us again us again
0: we took a week off but we are back in the trap
1: can i tell you what i did with that week off
0: what'd you do caitlin
1: i made two giant paper mache eggs for my son for his birthday
0: that is two more paper mache eggs than i made during the week off
1: i did not want to assume you know that you weren't also doing exactly what i was
0: doing but, I mean, I was uh, offended that I wasn't asked to be part of the project, but I just chalked it up to COVID concerns. It's a
1: COVID thing. You know you would have been there. Yeah. You know you would have been there. Uh, so that's what I was doing, uh, which is why we couldn't record, because it was incredibly time-consuming and ultimately a very frustrating process.
0: That was that was absolutely it. We talked about it. Yeah. And yep. Caitlin took a while to text me back and then said, look.
1: Yep. Here's the thing.
0: I'm working on some paper mache eggs, and I threw my hands up and said, enough said.
1: Adam got it. I get Adam it. Adam got it. Because who
0: among us hasn't been there?
1: I I feel like everyone. I uh, It really did feel like I had like waited to the last minute to do like a science project. <laughs> like, it
0: was just, like, Caitlin, so that is often how I feel running this podcast network.
1: I don't believe you. Uh, we're going to do a little interesting dive into a really friendly group of guys. Uh that everybody knows that I didn't realize were also possibly magical.
0: Yeah, I have I have some some conflicted feelings on this.
1: Me too. Me too. Uh, we're gonna today we're gonna talk about Ms. Thirteen and their alleged connection to Santa Muerte, which is a folk kind of like a spin-off saint. <laughs> it's the best way I know how to describe this deity.
0: Yeah, it's the, uh, the saint of death, basically.
1: Death. In like a very complicated way, yes. Um, and and actually the the whole thing behind her the whole vibe is something is the thing I actually find most interesting ab- about this story. Oh yeah, uh, the
0: the Santa Muerte stuff is fascinating.
1: It's super fascinating. And I anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna get into it. and I think one of the things that I want to say at the top of this is probably one of the reasons why Adam is saying he's conflicted about it. I mean, these guys are bad enough on on their own. <laughs> like, they really they really yeah. are. Uh, the problem is, is that I think that they and this is not going to be a surprise to anyone. It seemed to be the rallying cry around a lot of these really brutal immigration practices by the U.S. So um <laughs> Uh, what I found interesting, I, I realized that there was a connection, that there was somehow a story because I was reading this book called Demonic Foes. And that book was is very interesting. It's written by a Princeton and Yale educated psychiatrist uh, named Richard Gallagher, Dr. Richard Gallagher. Uh, and he is a guy that different clergy members from many different religions literally bring on to evaluate people to determine whether or not there are physical or psychological reasons behind behavior because they think there's also a shot these people are possessed by a demon.
0: Much like the premise of a fantastic CBS series called Evil that stars go. Luke Cage.
1: So i that's a long introduction, but one of the pieces of his book... One of the chapters of his book focused on a man who had left MS-13 and was, by his account, being genuinely tormented and attacked by a demonic force. Um, he didn't call it a possession. He called it an oppression. I could get into the, all of that. I'm not going to. But <laughs> it, was, it was interesting Um, And and so I, I had never I personally had never heard of this connection, which is funny because I brought it up to my husband and he's like, how did you not know about this? And I was like, "Okay, well, I didn't.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of connections between the occult and like drug cartel activity in general.
1: Yes. Uh, That I I understood as like a general principle. I just didn't understand the details of this connection. So
0: yes, I I had never looked into this particular aspect of it.
1: Yeah. And it is is interesting. And so we'll get into it. But again, I just want to start with this giant asterisk of like, I am only connecting this deity to specifically MS-13 who are bad people. (laughs) So I, I that I feel comfortable saying. Um, yeah, but that of course gets wrapped up in a lot of complicated things and uh, young people don't have a lot of choice. I understand all of that. So please don't, I I get, I get all of it. I, on some level, but this is interesting. So I want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Okay. In order to do that though, I do. want to talk about kind of the history of MS-13 and and it'll be very broad, but uh, I needed to understand it in order to understand why they would ever be connected to something like this. So
0: they, they have a lot of parallels to ISIS in that they are a situation we kind of created ourselves.
1: Yes. And I want to talk about that at the end of this, because uh, there's a lot to talk about. Um, Yeah,
0: Well, I mean, even the stuff you're about to talk about now, this is kind of how, Yes. Our policies fed into creating MS13, like
1: oh yeah, uh, because what we're really good at is going in, decimating things, and then leaving a political and power vacuum, which is what happened, and that leaves organized crime as you know an opportunity, you know, <laughs> gives them the opportunity to get a leg up and gain power. Um, and I'll just say that in a more eloquent way here in a second. So um, El Salvador went underwent a really intense civil war uh, in the eighties uh, between guerrillas and, and, and basically the side that we picked a hard right-wing government. It, it was essentially an oligarchy. Right. Uh, so the U S was like, go team. And the guerrillas were like, uh, what? So, and I didn't understand this. I knew that this, this dynamic had existed, but what I didn't realize is how many uh, Salvatorians fled that El Salvador Specifically, I I didn't understand this. And we're talking. Yeah, it was hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people,
0: hundreds of thousands. And one of the things that happened is a lot of them fled to Los Angeles. Yes. And what happened when they got to Los Angeles is they were introduced to street gang culture right when they got here and originally they just formed to protect themselves from other street gangs that were here Mm -hmm. but what the gangs that they were protecting themselves from didn't i think really take into account and what does make ms-13 legitimately more dangerous than most street gangs is that these were all dudes fleeing a civil war they had lots of weapons training (laughs) like you do not want to get in a shootout with ms-13 And now they're pulling military tactics on you in the middle of Crenshaw Boulevard. Yeah. Bad, bad times.
1: It's, it was intense. And on on top of that, they also remained very connected to the families and, or, you know, groups of people that they left back at home. So to Adam's point, you know, these are not people looking to make more money or be able to send money back home and survive exclusively. These are people that were driven out that had had tactical training um, and we pissed and ironically had to fly to th- flee to the country that created this dynamic in the first place, which I find fascinating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we basically introduced street gang culture to Central America. Correct. Through this. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, and
0: through the, the next thing you're gonna the deportations.
1: The Right. So then we have this huge wave of deportations and that creates an even stronger bond between the U.S. and El Salvador,
0: right? Yeah, we. <laughs> so ba- I, don't
1: know why, I don't know why I'm laughing, but it's like, how did they not know this was going to be a thing? Yeah, I don't, we, I, I don't understand.
0: We took the people that trained in a civil war, we forced them to flee here, where they got street gang training, and then they we deported them back to El Salvador with all of that street gang training and that's where things really spin out of hand.
1: Well, and the ability to speak English fluently now yeah. and having made strong connections and planted roots in both areas now. So, we created this like incredibly interconnected the only way I know how to say this is community. I mean, it, it really it's they were very very Tightly knit groups of people and did what they had to do to survive, and then crossed a line going from survival to an interesting place. I, I it's. It, th- it's so frustrating to talk about something like this because there's a big part of me that understands how this happens on like the most human level. Like I, I, if I were feeling this discarded and this disenfranchised, like this is just what people do. This is world history. This is how it goes. Yeah. But what we're about to get into is pretty intense. Um, so MS-13 Grew, as Adam and I were saying, um, and now has been identified by the U.S. government as a CTO, which is a transnational criminal organization. Um, ISIS is one of these organizations as well. Um, The difference being that ISIS is not here in America. (laughs) no so we've got some problems there um and there are certain criteria that an organization has to meet in order to be deemed a cto so i'm going to go over what this means so one of them is penetration of state institutions corruption and threats to governance so yeah that is happening penetration in- <laughs> <laughs> wait i don't get it oh
0: that's not what you meant never mind
1: i don't uh, okay we can we'll sidebar yeah i, well, I don't, I don't get the I'll, joke i'll put get it in the joke, footnotes but, okay thanks um So what this means is (laughs) now I'm going to make the joke. It's actually, (laughs) it's actually double penetration (laughs) because nice. Yeah. It's not just talking about, you know, infiltrating aspects of this in one, in one nation. It's, it's, it's two, at least two nations, possibly more. And knowing MS 13, it is more, but, um, Threats to the U.S. economy, uh, U.S. competitiveness, and strategic markets. Now, if you think about this starting as a street gang and within 30 years raising, you know, rising in the ranks to creating threats to the U.S. economy, competitiveness, <laughs> and strategic markets, um, I believe that there's intel there. I just think that that's saying they've gotten they've they've gotten
0: rather large. Well, that this now. doesn't mean all of these things apply to them, right? Because it does. I- I I don't see how... Okay, go on.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is, this, it is I,
0: what it is. I think it's sketchy that they are the only street gang that would be tagged with this. Well, we'll get into how they're
1: set up because they, uh, MS 13, from what I can tell, actually operates more like a franchise than it does a solid gang. It's one of the reasons why it's so big, but it's also one of the reasons why there's serious inconsistencies in how they operate.
0: But it's not that big. Like, if they're a franchise in terms of street gangs, they're like Jollibee. Like, they're not, well, but they're, they're not they're McDonald's.
1: But it allows them to be in cahoots, we'll say, with other organizations. So, yeah, it's. I think the. I think the idea being that they have manifested themselves in all of these different ways. It doesn't necessarily mean they did that on their own, but they were able to work alongside other organizations. And there are elements more like radioactivity, yeah, <laughs> than than a controlling force. So. Um, obviously the crime terror insurgency nexus, like we understand that expansion of drug trafficking. They are very, very involved in the opioid wave, especially back East, um, along the East coast. They, that's the other thing that's really interesting with them. They started, like we said, out here in Los Angeles, but they have a huge East coast presence, really, really, really strong East coast presence. A lot of their, they have a
0: strong long Island presence.
1: Well, yeah, I mean.
0: Cause they're, they're mostly just, located in like three areas. We'll get to it.
1: We'll get to it. I think that that's East coast though, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. It's East coast, but it's not like when you compare them to a gang, like the bloods or the crips. Oh
1: yeah. No, it's a different conversation. operating in
0: probably like 30 to 40 States.
1: Yeah. Like MS 13
0: is pretty small potatoes.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so there's they've been, they've played a large role in the drug expansion, you know market. human smuggling and human trafficking. So human smuggling is getting people in and out of different countries uh, either using fake documentation or cramming them in you know giant crates and putting them on a boat. Uh, human trafficking, on the other hand, is where you get into prostitution, black market, organ trade, that kind of thing. really cool. Weapons trafficking, I think you and I both know what those are. <laughs> Um, cyber crime. Again, I think everybody listening understands what cyber crime is, um, specifically dealing with, uh, identity theft, things like that. This one is really interesting, the critical role of facilitators. So one of the things that they've been able to do, and I think if you're in organized crime and you don't know how to do this, you're not in organized crime, but, uh, you know, basically hiring out te- quote unquote, legitimate lawyers, you know, legitimate contractors, legitimate this, legitimate that. So they are able to on some level operate as a business front, basically. So that's that's cool. <laughs> They're organized. Good for them. Yeah. They're I just,
0: organized. I just uh, there's go go on. Like this no, this next it? no, go for it. This next part is the part that sort of bothers me because we're gonna run through all of these incidents of MS 13 carrying off Uh, these really violent crimes, but that is not a thing that is special or exclusive to MS-13. And what bothers me about it is the biggest threat MS-13 poses to the United States is that Donald Trump uses them to rile up your racist relatives into yes. believing Central American immigrants in general are a threat to this country. When we're talking about a very, very small minority portion of the people who cross the border, 228 right. members of MS-13 made up the 31,000 arrests that were made at the border in
1: 2017.
0: 100%. So they are a scary gang, but gangs are scary. Like, gangs do this. Like, if you could put together this article about the gangster disciples, about the vice lords, about the bloods, mm-hmm. about the Crips, about the Latin mm-hmm. Kings. Mm-hmm. But only one of those gangs is being used as a political tool to facilitate deportations. And I think that's right. very important to point out.
1: And I think that what I have in my notes here is that what I find fascinating about it is the linking of this to these quote unquote, it's not even really it's not even accurate to say that they're involved in satanic activities because it's it's not satanic activities. It's connection to this one saint specifically. So,
0: yeah, if you no, look that, up- that part is legitimately interesting. I just want to, like, disclaimer it before we get into.
1: Well, we already did that. The
0: things they've done.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I hear what you're saying I think I think that that this is where this conversation get gets tricky because I think this is how you mobilize well-intentioned people to doing things and manipulating well-intentioned people into doing things
0: exactly yeah
1: um but I also know people in law enforcement that have spent many many years dealing with gang violence and I don't believe you're correct in saying that all gangs operate like ripping people's hearts out the
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, this but is, it's a little different. So I, it is different. No, but, that, but yeah, they're, that, but they're but all that's, terrible.
0: Yeah, that like at some point, yes, you have to admit that MS-13 partakes in more noteworthy murders. Like they're more interesting, yeah. but murders right. are murders. Like it doesn't make that much of a difference to me if you're just randomly shooting people or if you're Well,
1: let's talk about it. Let's talk about it because I, I don't agree, but I, let's talk about it. So we've got... One report saying that a 17-year-old member of MS-13 killed a 15-year-old girl because she was dating her boyfriend. Uh, Sorry, the victim had dated her boyfriend, another gang member. Then the gang filmed and tortured, filmed torturing and stabbing her. (laughs) And I guess this footage got out and that led to their arrest. And, you know, this is the thing. If you're going to do something terrible, I don't know about filming it. They're going to catch you. Well, it's it's, probably a bad call. MS-13
0: is predominantly teenagers, too. So
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. There's going to be
0: that aspect to it.
1: (laughs) Well, they are millennials and Gen
0: Gen Y. Motherfuckers love social media. uh,
1: Another instance is uh, MS-13 gang members uh, were charged with the murder of a 17-year-old girl. Um, The young woman's uncle said that his... Sorry, a 17-year-old, not 17-year-old girl. I'm trying to leave out names because I am spooked by these people, and I don't. (laughs) I'm not really really feeling like getting... I I
0: think we'll be fine.
1: The young man's uncle said that his nephew had been mutilated uh, by the killer who stabbed the teenager 16 times, ran over him with their car, and removed his hands. So that's, you know, that's a lot. That's overkill, to use a technical term. Um, then there were a bunch of gang members, we'll just say attached uh, or arrested and linked to 11 murders in the Long Island, New York area. Four of the victims ranging between, and this is to Adam's point, ranging between the ages of 16 and 20 were murdered in the same night after being attacked and mutilated by men wielding machetes. That's a gnarly way to die. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Machetes is not a drive by.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing you see. In countries that have really strong gun laws. Like, yeah. like yeah. England doesn't have a problem with gun violence, but they got a problem with knife violence. That's they for do. sure. And J-
1: Japan too. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I can't imagine. So I don't, again, I'm la- I don't know why I'm laughing, but can you imagine like being in a, someone's house and then like a group of people run in with machetes and just start hacking? I mean, that is like one of the most horrifying
0: yeah, that's images
1: a, I can think of.
0: The, the thing that always gets me is when you see these reports of like I remember one there was a guy who like went on a rampage on a college campus and like stabbed 15 people all in the Mm -hmm. same room and it's like what were the other 14 doing while he was stabbing that first person like I get one guy
1: yeah I don't understand
0: there was not (laughs) a chair you could have hit him with (laughs) nothing (laughs) nothing you could do you couldn't somebody couldn't grab a trash can lid or what about what about 12 through 15? You've seen three people get stabbed. Maybe swing into action as a group is all, not the victim blame. But here we go. Fucking do something about the guy stabbing people.
1: Well, the other thing that blows my mind is that I can understand one person thinking they're going to stab a bunch of people. What blows my mind is several people getting together with machetes. And the plan is we're all going to hack people to death. That blows my mind also. To me, I don't know. Maybe I'm awful saying this, but like, a drive by shooting is not the same thing as going into somebody's house with a group of other people with machetes and being like, we're going to hack people to death. Well, it seems a little bit more involved. Maybe there's other kinds of drugs going on. I don't know.
0: I don't know. It's it's less entertaining. That's for sure. Like anytime <laughs> I'm always disappointed when serial killers use guns like that's not like that's not what you're supposed to be doing. I need I need some details like right. Like the son of Sam shooting people in their car? Fuck off. You're a spree killer, bub.
1: He was always such a weenie. Son of yeah. Sam, that guy was a total weenie. And and all of the interviews in prison are just like, you just want to slap him. You just want to like rough him up.
0: The flip side of that, though, is good luck going to the families of people who've been impacted by gun violence and going, well, you got to admit, at least it wasn't a machete, right?
1: No. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the same loss for the people. But yeah. the, the last few minutes of somebody's life are a little bit more like the purge when you're dealing with with machetes. That's so scary. It's just uh, Yeah, I anyway. just Oh god.
0: I can't remember what documentary I watched, or what like conflict it was about. But uh this guy in uh, it was somewhere in Africa was just importing machetes by the crate load oh, to god. help foment this civil war that was going on. Very bad times.
1: Oh. Oh, crates of machetes is just not something I want to think about.
0: My grandmother brought me a machete back from Haiti once.
1: That's horrifying.
0: It, well, I mean, it was cool. It was very, or it had well, yeah, a, very a, kid, it and, a very ornate sheath and
1: ornate machete.
0: And I, I kept it for a long, long time. Like I just always had a machete around.
1: When, when Miles and I were on our honeymoon, we went to the Louvre and there was a, uh, Louis the whatever, I can't remember Louis, the famous one, the real douchebag. Anyway, he, uh, his bedroom, Louis CK, his <laughs> bedrooms and his like quarters had been recreated as like an exhibit and we're walking behind this family and we're talking, you know, I mean, it's the most embellished overdone aesthetic you can think of, you know, that just French shiny, crazy look that the chandeliers had feathers sticking out of them, you know? Yeah. And so this guy right in front of us turns to his wife and says, it's very ornate. and and miles and i have laughed about that for years because it's like uh (laughs) uh-huh like
0: what'd you think it was going to be
1: what a dumb thing to say i mean it's so obvious that it was like well you know like anyway you get it y'all get it you're all smart you all get it let's go back to some gore um let's do it let's do it um there was a very famous case in 2017 that I remember hearing about in the Angeles National Forest, the scariest place in California, where MS-13 dismembered six people with machetes again and threw parts of them into a canyon. No, six
0: and, people dismembered one person. Oh, yeah, sorry. Six
1: <laughs> people dismembered one person. Um, and they cut up this guy's body and threw it all over the place, including his heart, which I feel is just so scary. <laughs> It's just so scary. Like, you're digging out somebody's heart. Like, why?
0: It is. It also
1: it <sighs> really,
0: bl- really blows a hole in that thing you always hear at the beginning of true crime shows, where they're like, with a crime this violent, it had to be someone they knew. It's like, no, it yeah. could have been a fucking gang with a lot of flair. Yeah. Like, you never know.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. Um, and, and as, as a moment of a side note, there are, like, a bunch of different stories of people's hearts being removed that I didn't want to get into because that gets really dark.
0: Well, maybe they uh, need them for the rituals.
1: Well, we're going to get to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, of course, there's this I, – I remember this case. This was really sad. Um, and, and bringing us to our point, there were two – very young, again, like teenager MS-13 members who held a girl hostage in an apartment for several days. There were two young women there. um, And one of the young women made a weird joke about a shrine that the two MS-13 men had built for Santa Muerte. And uh, one of them allegedly said, well, uh, she now is requesting a human soul. And she was officially sacrificed to Santa Muerte. But uh, before we get going, I just want to note, as we are linking, and this is speaking to what Adam has said, um, but I'll, I'll say it a little bit more plainly, there is a really strong media push to connect this gang to weird demonic rituals. And again, I read one chapter of one account of well, a guy that was connected to it, but you, there, are not, there are not a ton of these stories out there. Like, that's why I was surprised when I talked to people and I was like, so have you heard this? And everybody said, "Oh yeah, I've heard of this." And I looked it up and it's either the same story being told over and over again, which is this one girl specifically, um, or you know, just because they're super violent, they must then be connected to this thing, Santa Muerte. So, I think it feeds into what you were talking about earlier, into that frustration of like well, literally, you know, generalizing.
0: My frustration is more That they're not that they're tied to this, like, I don't care if they're tied to rituals. And what concerns me is that they're tied to immigration and they are held up as a reason why, yes, immigration from Central America is a problem. And I think a good parallel between MS 13 and another gang that exists in the world there is a gang called Menace of Destruction that formed in the 1980s and they formed in the same way except they are made up of people from the Hmong community Mm H-M-O-N-G and they are equally violent they have legitimately spread out into the Midwest. Like they're most predominantly in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Oklahoma. And then they do have some presence here also. And their numbers are very similar to MS 13. They're as violent as MS 13. The one thing that separates the two is that you've never heard anyone pushing. To deport Hmong people because menace of destruction exists. And that's what happens with Mm MS-13 is the Trump administration paints MS-13 as one of the driving reasons why we have to shut down the borders. And they are a small fraction of the people coming across our borders because of policies we put in place in Central America. That's the only thing that bothers me.
1: Well, I think that there's a connection there, though, because if they're able to connect these people to a demon worshiping practice. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. That's what I'm saying is that I think that this is because of their I'm not confident enough to say that it's a light affiliation, um, but because of their affiliation to by some members to avid practicing, you know, Santa Muerte peeps. um, it's able to paint an even harsher picture than what normal organized crime, what m- m- most people conceive of as organized crime. Does that make sense? No, oh, yeah, that's so definitely I think that's, true. So I think that's what the issue is, but, but let's talk about the actual connection. Well, there's so, m-
0: there's multiple issues is what it is. Oh, weird. Yeah. Crazy, right? Oh, strange. Okay. I know. Hey, do you want to be like me? Make podcasts that everyone loves? Yeah, you do. But chances are, you don't want to spend a bunch of money doing it no worries a solution exists spotify's got a platform that lets you make podcasts super easy then distribute those podcasts everywhere and you can even earn money doing it all in one place for free it's called spotify for podcasters and here's how it works spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Also, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. I'm speaking from experience when I say that all those additional features like video podcasts, Q&As, polls, Those are things you won't find for cheap elsewhere. But with Spotify for Podcasters, it's all totally free, no catch. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Thanks. We love you.
1: It starts off, in my opinion, like, pretty laughably. So many of the initial members of MS 13, just big Judas priest fans. <laughs> so basically their idea was like, and and a lot of different members have, have said this, like we, we've, we got into Judas priest and started to assume this aesthetic because we wanted to seem scary. We wanted to seem scarier than the other games.
0: Honest so, question. Yeah. How many of them do you think knew Rob Halford was gay when they made that decision?
1: I'm going to say zero. <laughs> probably no. gonna put out gonna put out the war the number zero
0: it would have been yeah. so funny if their look was just like oh, leather God. bicycle gear and the hats well like the bar from Revenge of the nerds or well, no I was mean, it ha- police academy I don't know I just
1: think it would have been great if all of the gangs if we lived in the universe where all of the gangs went like full warriors and they just went into total costumes like real costumes not 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 attire but like you know, we're the Peter Pan gang and we're the Jack in the Box crew and like really yeah. <laughs> dressed up. You know, that'd be great. That's that would w- be nice.
0: That's one thing you have to credit MS-13 with. You're always going to see them coming. They got a face full of tattoos.
1: They made a choice. But they made it. I mean, once they the Yakuza
0: that. shows up, that's just a Japanese dude in a suit.
1: I know, but, but there's like they look so cool. Yeah, I do like a good Yakuza image. I mean, they're the coolest. They are the cool. They're very scary, but they're the, they're the they're most streamlined. It's just you know? crazy
0: thinking thinking of Japan producing a very violent gang.
1: Well, the, what I like about them is you don't know if they're going to hand you caviar or cut your face off. Yeah, because one it could go either way. You know, you could be luxury shopping one minute and dead in several pieces in the gutter the next. Uh, but again, so they picked a really strong aesthetic. <laughs> um, so what I found interesting about this is Santa Muerte in some ways is looked at as the unofficial patron saint of the drug war, which again, I think is an unfair statement, but it is regarded as such by some people. We'll get into that in a minute, but some people believe that if you worship Santa Muerte, uh, she will help you supernaturally, uh, to survive and have your drug trade business thrive. Um, and also, by the way, she you you see the Santa Muerte images a lot in Breaking Bad. So if you're Breaking Bad fan, great news. Yeah, you can see. And if you're there.
0: if you're not a religious type like that, that probably sounds really crazy. But that's kind of a common thing when you get into really hardcore Catholicism. Like saints are a thing, and there are different. Oh yeah. Patron. And, that's what a patron saint is.
1: And Santa Muerte, not MS-13, but Santa Muerte has become such an issue for the Catholic Church that Pope Francis actually made comments about it in, 20, in a 2016 speech. Um, he said that he was, quote, particularly concerned about those many persons who have been seduced by the empty power of the world, praise, and illusions, and embrace their macabre symbols to commemorate death in exchange for money. So here's the thing. Santa Muerte is is actually fascinating because it's the, it's an example of a relic of faith that actually represents the loss of faith in all institutions. <laughs> so people that worship Santa Huerta have lost faith in church and they have lost faith in government. And that is why you see such a complementary overlap between things like organized crime and this saint. But you can see how especially people living in these completely ravaged areas would gravitate towards a thought like this because They have the muscle memory and magical thinking for structured religion like Catholicism. But it has failed them. There is no question. I mean, if I I could get into it in a minute, but it's like, look at what's going on. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, people have been sold out by the government and by their own faith.
0: There are a lot of parallels to Donald Trump in that, because yes, one of the I just read an article by a writer named Claire Malone, who was writing for 538. And she pinpointed 2014 as the year that the Trump era started. I Yeah, I would agree with that. And one of the reasons she pointed to that year was Gallup does a poll every year that gauges Americans' trust in their institutions. <laughs> and 2014 was the year that bottomed out and hit its lowest point ever, which means we are ready at that point for someone to come in and be like, you know what? Burn it all down. Let's start over. And that's kind of what the loss of faith is in.
1: Oh, this is, there's Religion. no question. There's no question. And, you know, to get a little bit deeper into it, Santa Muerte is rapidly growing. So it originated in Mexico. There are 10 to 12 million devotees in the 13 years that it's been growing. That's a lot of people. Um, they. Um She's also called the white lady. Um the, I got an older number. This is a really old number. But in 2006, the murder rate was 80,000. <laughs> like, it's just like this crazy number. I mean, if you're dealing with...
0: Well, 80,000 since 2006.
1: Yeah, 80,000 since 2006. Yeah. And, and that number, I'm so sorry, was from 2017. So yeah. just to kind of... That's a lot of people... It's a dangerous place. ...being murdered. Um, I can't imagine being a mom uh, having to cope with this kind of reality that these families are living in. Because it's one thing to try to keep yourself alive. It's another thing to try to keep your family alive. And then it's another thing entirely to keep your family alive and keep your children from being sucked into what from a child's mind is the only thing that could possibly keep you alive, which is getting involved in these different street gangs. Um, and if you see this happening and you see these family me- your your family members, your friends being slowly sucked into this world, I don't know. Like, what, what do you have faith in? What is there to, to have faith in? And for a long time, this was kind of a it really was like a cult. I mean, it was very secretive in the beginning Ah, uh, people kept uh, shrines to this white lady in their their home for many years, but then in two thousand one, a devotee named Enriqueta Romero set up the first public sh- shrine in Mexico City, and that was a total tipping point. Um, what's really interesting about this—the many promises the Santa Muerte gifts you—and I think it makes me very sad. Is you can you can make sacrifices to her and she will give you protection, soul pur- purification and a painless death.
0: <laughs> I mean, sometimes you, all you can ask for living under conditions like that.
1: I know. But I, I it, that I don't know. When I saw that, it just really rocked me. You know, like the idea that this is something on a daily basis people are praying for. Not even survival, but just I want my soul to be pure and I want a painless death. Those are my priorities as a person.
0: Well, you got to think about these are a lot of people living in the midst of cartel violence, which cartel violence is a whole other kind of thing. That's cut off people's heads and drop it at the mayor's front steps kind of violence. Right. So in those circumstances, you're you're absolutely going to be like, if it happens, just let me fucking take a bullet to the head, please.
1: (sighs) I know. Here's something that I found fascinating, though. Most importantly, this saint is not picky about your time, your lifestyle, or your beliefs. So you can be a Santa Morte person and be a Catholic. You could, sounds a little bit like Scientology to me, honestly. You can be anything you want, but you can also offer sacrifices and offerings up to this saint. And here's a really, really specifically strange thing. You can offer anything you want. So anything you offer up can be technically deemed a sacrifice. So you can offer a soda can or you could offer a lady, a dead person. And it's, it's a bit of a monkey paw thing because according to people who pray to Santa Muerte, the beliefs are uh basically a repelling of any thought of wrongdoing so you are freeing yourself from the from guilt, which I would imagine having been raised in a you know a Catholic mindset that's a big deal
0: yeah that's gotta feel good. It's gotta feel good but I like I was i I've told people before I was saved in a church mm-hmm. but it was a non-denominational church that I would go to. After my overnight job at a grocery store, the the guy I worked with cooked these fucking amazing Italian meals after his family went to church. So I would, we would get high and go to church and then go eat Italian food. And at one point they were like, if anyone wants to be saved, just come on down. And the thing about a non-denominational church, their belief is, well, once you're saved, that's it. Like nothing can undo that. Like you can murder someone, right. you can do whatever you want, but you're saved. You're it's in the, they would say it's in the book. And that became one of my favorite phrases of like the mid nineties to early two thousands for one thing, but it's not that unlike what no. the Santa Muerte is saying, which is like, it's not. you just fucking believe and that's it. And you're fine.
1: Yes. And I think you're hitting on something really important because.
0: Which is that I'm going to heaven, but go on.
1: Well, I've always known that about you, buddy. Right. Um, So so what's interesting is that because of the way this this belief system has positioned itself, you can pray for help finding who killed your father or you can pray for protection against law enforcement. So there is no right and wrong here. It's literally like you're going to get whatever you wish for and whatever consequences come from that you're going to have to live with and take responsibility for. But I'll give you literally what you're asking for, which is interesting Again, specifically looking at it from the perspective of a Catholic person, Um, my mom and dad were Catholic, and they were really big fans of evangelical Christianity. I would suspect for the same reasons, you know. Um, There, you don't have to do a lot to be an evangelical Christian, you know. Anyway, so uh, there, there are a couple other things here. So. Texas law enforcement officials, I'm sure everyone's surprised to hear this, told the media that this deviant religion is now being openly practiced by violent lawmak lawbreakers and drug traffickers.
0: If I'm if, if there's a name I trust, it's Texas <laughs> Law Enforcement. Can I yep. before we get too too deep into this, yeah. I wanna just throw out one potential reason why this might have gained as much traction as it has since 2000 we at one point instituted this policy in central and south america called plan Colombia, okay. and it was meant to stop drug trafficking i'm sure the intentions were good but what they did in the name of stopping drug trafficking was to really crack down on these routes that drug traffickers would take through the jungle and through remote areas and try right. to shut those down and because the plan lacked a little bit of foresight what they didn't Uh, see coming apparently was that just forced these drug traffickers out into the cities Mm -hmm. and out into open, which one technically makes drug trafficking easier because if you can do it while everyone else is out and moving and doing things, you have a better chance of blending in. But it also brought that cartel culture To these cities like those Mm -hmm. cartels used to be kind of a remote area thing and it brought them into city life, which accounts for all of like this huge uptick in violence that like that's what's causing the migration now is the Mm -hmm. cartels kind of converging on major cities. So that probably has a lot to do with why this has become such a thing, because people in cities haven't had the need to protect themselves from cartel violence like they do now.
1: Right. And I think it can also make you question all forms of belief. and We'll, we'll get into a longer conversation about that, but it, you're right. I mean, these groups of people have had every reason in the world to lose faith in government and, and religious institutions. And to have this saint emerge that's kind of, it almost reminds me of the devil card and tarot. I don't know how familiar you are with, with this, but the devil card and tarot just being like, you know, you're 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 just you're just a person it's just a reminder of like you yeah you're just a human being like you're it's not that things are bad or good it's just you're in reality it's like the most base forms of who you are and I feel like this saint kind of came along the Santa Muerte came along and um is a little bit of celebration of your agency as a person yeah and giving people a sense of power even just getting back and forth to the grocery store alive is Probably what they need right now, frankly. So, yeah. you know, and, you know, if you are in a gang, you are by virtue of that, putting your life on the line on a daily basis. Anyway, um, I don't think that makes you a hero, but I think that would work on a person no matter what. Um and it's a scary thought to consider uh, even a small fraction of, of people involved in these things believing that some unseen force is on their side. I mean, that's, that is a scary thought. But again, there are just not a lot of reputable news stories that perfectly and, and easily connect all of MS-13 to these practices but there are a lot of people that believe in this saint or the Santa Muerte. So it's, it's interesting to me, but I don't think it proves anything.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, and it wouldn't, even if there were some ties to it, that even that isn't that uncommon with street gangs. Like I grew up in the Midwest in Illinois specifically in the, the big, two big gangs in the Midwest are the gangster disciples and the vice lords they're kind of like the midwest version of the bloods and the Crips. and gangster disciples especially have a lot of satanic imagery in their like the things they will tag neighborhoods with and just their symbology in general incorporates a lot of satanic stuff and i do think sometimes it's just like ms13 dressing up like judas priest like i think a lot of it is that
1: well I mean, listen, the godfather, Catholicism is practically a character in the godfather. So, yeah. I mean, I, it's hard for me to like look at this and be like, oh, you know, clearly there's a true demonic force at work. Um, <laughs> I, I just find it interesting that they're literally now taking all of that, like I said, religious muscle memory and putting it towards something else, just yeah. deciding to pick something else. Here is, though, the other thing that I find interesting. And this is very well documented. There's only really two ways out of MS-13. One of them is you die. And the other is if you give your life to Jesus Christ and actually become a member of the evangelical Christian church. Um, that doesn't mean that you can't be beat up and killed later. But it seems to be the only thing that this gang respects as, as an exit strategy. Did um, a- Cheney
0: start this gang?
1: Actually, you're not totally wrong. Um, well, so back to how the original Civil War started and then leading back to where we are right now, um, because the. US got involved in fighting the guerrilla movement, there was also then put in place a very strong support system of evangelical Christianity at the same time. So you have a lot of infrastructural support from these you know evangelist, churches um in the areas that will basically go into these prisons which by the way um mexican prisons no thanks sweet i'm gonna I'm gonna pass some of the stuff i read i was like oh we need to do an episode on all of this because we haven't we have not done ep- any episodes on scary prisons yeah i mean other than haunted ones but just like the reality that some people live in in some of these prisons there are some because- scary ones because I will say, like, if I went into a place like this, I'm either going to find Jesus or I will come out like Charles Manson. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You're, you're not you're being reformed one way or the other. But
0: yeah, you're not earning a college degree in a Mexican prison.
1: No, no, you're not. Yeah, there's there's no. There's no vocational school offerings in these places. Um, So gang members and church officials will will both tell you that the church is one of the few things that the gang respects. Often church organizations are the only groups allowed to provide community services to residents in gang areas, Um, which is another thing that's really interesting. I read a bunch of different articles about how local evangelical churches have negotiated local peace deals, you know, doing things like, hey, can we all just get our heads together on this because these kids, this, this street is how kids get to school. So if we could just avoid this street, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, so with everything being said, I do find it fascinating that there is this weird kind of reverence for a spiritual migration into Christianity that is respected by a gang that seemed unique to me. I'm not really sure how unique that is from other gangs. Um, it's, um
0: yeah, it's, it's not. It's not a thing I've ever heard about. Me
1: neither. I, I I hadn't heard that either. Um, I mean, I know this is kind of like a non-starter episode in that it was we're supposed to be talking about their links to this saint, but to me, I don't necessarily think MST3K is unique to following this saint so much as the saint's <laughs> popularity grew. I know. Did I do that?
0: You said MST3K.
1: <laughs> I did. Mystery Science street Yep, that's what I said. Damn yeah. it. I knew I was going to do that too. At the beginning of this episode, I'm like, Caitlin, now
0: they do worship Satan. They worship, they
1: clearly worship sacrifice
0: Satan. babies God. and all those things. Very violent group. Very, very violent.
1: Have you ever seen, Never mind. I, I could, if I go into that, it'll be hours of our time. But and
0: I've actually never seen a single episode.
1: There's only one that I want you to see. Okay. And we'll talk about it later. Um, I, okay. So I, I'm not surprised that there are members of MS 13 that take being part of this too far because frankly they take a lot of things too far <laughs> I don't I, I think that's what they do they're a scary gang like Adam said um, but the rise of Santa Muerte is to me the more interesting part of the conversation because it's not that there are 13 million ms-13 members practicing this it's that there are 13 million people that have been left com- and completely abandoned in this vacuum of not only governmental authority but spiritual authority i mean it's they're being failed on all fronts and what has emerged is the following of a saint that basically validates you being a person that's it
0: (laughs) that's yeah
1: and that means that they haven't been getting that do you know what i'm saying like that that means that they haven't felt that and i it made me so profoundly sad to think about that part in this story um
0: well uh, it's it's the you same know. same reason you're seeing things like QAnon take off the way they are, and so sad. What's alarming about QAnon and Santa Muerte both is, you know, they seem like just these fringe groups that don't really matter that much. But if you look at a group like uh, the Latter Day Saints in yeah. the United States or the Seventh Day Adventists, right now QAnon has more members than either of those groups did for the first few years that they were a thing. And those movements managed to take hold and they are very prominent in American life. Now Mm -hmm. QAnon and Santa Muerte could do the exact same thing. Like, especially in situations like we're in globally right now,
1: if you make people desperate, they're capable of anything. I mean, that's just the way people work. And, um, it's it's not hard for me to imagine that people on crazy drugs can rip someone's heart out. Like that's, yeah. I get how that happens. Um, I understand that this is kind of a, a nice little package that's handed, you know, immigration fear mongers, this story. You know, it's so easily f- demonized. It's, hard, it's Frankly, it's hard to talk around it without, you know, sounding like somebody that can't think critically for themselves. But again, I'll just say I... I walked away from researching this very, I don't know, it, again, it, there is something so deeply um, lonely about the idea that that this saint is what's, what is attracting people, you know, like nothing, they're not, it's not even asking you to be a better version of yourself. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just saying, Hey, I see you. What do you need? And I can't think of anything that sounds frankly, like more predatorial, like, like, and and shows how people how open people are to being manipulated at that point. Does yeah, that make it's, sense? It's like a barometer for like we're in a really dangerous spiritual psychological place if this is what's catching
0: on. Yeah, we are. You know? Like Yeah. I think it's yeah, exactly. obvious that that we are and of not course. just in yeah. the United States. Like it's no, it's no, a no, thing no, no. that's happening all over. Like this like we had trump the uk had brexit india has narendra modi like everyone's got their something that is a manifestation of how critically broken society is in a lot of ways and in a lot of places and this seems like and and this is like this seems like mostly mexico Mm -hmm. which
1: it's a really specific all of this is a super specific like group of people in place but you know but and that's, I, I, f- I also find it really interesting, and I don't want to lose this point, like, that the Pope even spoke out against it, because this this is a direct, and op- this is such an opposite, this is everything that the Catholic Church doesn't want, like, something like this. Because evangelical Christianity became its own thing, and frankly, is more of an offshoot of the Protestant movement than anything else. I mean, they that got away from them a long time ago. But this is an offshoot of Catholicism, and this isn't, this, this is a thing that's requiring basically nothing of people. It's saying that institutions don't matter, that structure doesn't matter, that you don't need to go through anyone to, to you know, practice um, structured religion, which is a weird thing to say out loud, but that's literally what this is. It's like, hey, if you still want to worship and you still want to sacrifice and you still want to, you know, feel like there's this official, you know, thing with your faith, you can do that, but I'm not going to ask you to be better. And I'm not going to ask you to believe in something that's not there other than just yourself which is, well, it,
0: it threatens the Catholic church's business model. Like it threatens their bottom line. Like, yes, like, Oh yeah. They've lost a little influence in the United States, but in Central America and South America and Mexico, the Catholic church is still hugely influential. I know. And they don't want to lose that.
1: And now that it's openly being practiced, I would imagine, I don't know, I I mean, I find it interesting that in my research, MS-13 isn't like, oh, he he just went back to practicing Catholicism, like, they don't care. They don't see that as a change at all. But for some reason, they think that if you're going to become an evangelical Christian, that is somehow different, which I find fascinating.
0: I don't know what that is. That is crazy.
1: Yeah, I I don't know what that is. I I, want to understand that more.
0: I feel like I want to ask an MS-13 member if that's true. Just Me too. To, just, to, well, just to hear it out of their mouth and make sure that's not some Republican talking point uh, scam.
1: I will say that I got that information from a Pulitzer winning article. So that's cool.
0: Did an MS-13 member write it?
1: They went undercover. Hmm. It's a great article. You'd like it. I'll send it to you. Please do. I will. I don't know. Just join, don't join a gang. Don't, <laughs> I
0: don't, I, don't join don't a gang. Don't vote for Trump. What else? That's it. And you know what? If you want to join a gang this week, fucking do it. Just don't vote for Trump.
1: Don't join a gang.
0: You're joining a gang by voting for Trump. Don't do it.
1: Interesting. I mean, I don't think we should tell people that it's okay to join gangs, Adam.
0: I mean, don't, I guess, but like, I mean, especially not if part of that initiation involves you voting for Trump. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yes.
0: Don't do that for sure. And yeah, I mean, don't don't join a gang. Don't fucking murder people. Don't be mean to people in the service industry, all of those things. But also, please do not vote for Donald Trump.
1: We just need a bare minimum participation with this. We are basically Santa Borte at the moment. Yes. I don't need a lot from you right now. I just need you to do one thing and it's free. And, and in you, some cases, it just means not doing anything.
0: And the only thing you have to offer up is your vote. That's all. That's it. That's, that's all. all. That's how easy? How it. How hard is that? It's not hard. It's not not unless you live in one of those counties where they're making voting incredibly hard in which case i'm sorry but still go vote
1: it's so depressing
0: santa muerte will keep you safe from covid
1: <laughs> that is not that has not been proven by the food and drug administration i saw it on, on
0: fox a, news
1: not an fda approved message i'm putting it out there right now so trump we don't get... tweeted
0: that so well, that you're...
1: i believe i that i believe that would happen that would definitely happen.
0: He's not given credit to anything that comes from Mexico.
1: Did you see that in the last? Okay. So not only did we break two COVID records in a 48 hour period on the outset of this weekend. Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Again, not funny, but I'm laughing. <laughs> our, our COVID cases increased 22% in seven days. <laughs> That's so bad.
0: That is bad terrifying
1: that is is so bad it's getting so much
0: worse and there's so many people who are like yeah let's start doing comedy again
1: i don't get it i'm like no it's like actually worse now than it was when we were taking it seriously
0: yeah it's It's, worse than it it was when we were hoarding (laughs) toilet paper and people are like check out my live show location disclosed after you buy a ticket yeah it's it's like like, yeah because the fed should raid your comedy show
1: yeah you shouldn't be doing this like my uh, it's so funny. My friend was like, "So, are you gonna let Dred Jack go trick or treating?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> like, what are you? What? No, I'm not." And they were like, "Oh, like all offended and and angry at me." And I'm like, "You shouldn't go either. Like, this is a bad idea. There, we're you're literally gonna go house to house. Like, it's <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah, it's just candy, people." Yeah, it doesn't like, matter.
0: You got to be able to come up with some kind of alternative to entertain your kids.
1: You know, I will. I yeah. just told you that I spent a week making paper mache. No, Wait. I
0: mean I'm talking to the the parents that are considering
1: they don't going trick or treating.
0: Like, just be they creative.
1: They don't want to. They don't want to. They want. Oh well, when I was a kid. I would trick or treating. I don't want to take this experience away from their kids. It's like your many experiences will be taken away from your child if your grandma, if his grandma, dies too early. Yeah, Like. exactly. What the hell? Oh, God. Oh, man. I, I was researching this whole thing for 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 us. And I, I literally was like, this genuinely does not feel like this even a problem right now. <laughs> like,
0: oh, compared the, MS-13? To COVID,
1: like, yeah. Or oh, any oh, gangs. No. I, it's like, this is not our biggest problem right now.
0: I worry about MS-13 the way I worry about ISIS, which is not really yeah. at all.
1: Oh, my God, ISIS.
0: Remember ISIS? I, <laughs> Remember when we gave a shit about that?
1: I do. I do. They really seemed like they were on the up and up, but wah, wah.
0: Yeah, we, we shut down the caliphate.
1: Wasn't their time.
0: It, no, no. I mean, well, it was, a, it was kind of a build them up to tear them down kind of thing.
1: Hey, I mean, look, they had a great run.
0: They did. They did. They
1: were, they were a one-hit wonder for we, terrorist organizations. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And now... COVID is a terrorist.
1: C- COVID is the Beatles. <laughs> we're never going to be without them. It's going to, where there's going to be other additions. We're going to be talking about where we were when we first heard about COVID forever.
0: And forever people will be like, Oh, it wasn't that special.
1: Ken Burns is going to make documentaries about COVID when he's just a floating head in a jar.
0: I can't 200 wait years from now to see the Ken Burns documentary about COVID.
1: Oh, it's history is not going to be kind to half of this country. Basically.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we should wrap this up probably, right?
1: I'm excited about our next episode because none of it's real.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Next episode makes me so mad.
1: I know. That's why I'm excited about it too.
0: But uh, yeah, we're talking about Seth. What Seth? Figure it out for yourself. Maybe we're talking about Seth Rogen. Maybe. Right? Maybe it's Seth Green.
1: Maybe it's Seth MacFarlane.
0: I was just going to say Seth MacFarlane. Oh my God, Kate! Because
1: we're connected because we're connected. You know who told me you're going to say that? Was it Seth? Yep. Holy shit. I know. That's He's crazy. Here. He's here right now.
0: Seth is here. Seth is, all, I mean, Seth is always here.
1: Seth is in studio today through me.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Uh, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Yeah. Don't vote for Trump. Yeah. Don't vote for Trump. Just don't do it, please. But do please? vote. Go out and vote. Vote. Don't don't take that as an invitation to not vote.
1: No, you should vote. And just don't
0: not for fucking write in Harambe. Or anything kooky like that. This is not not the fucking time.
1: You're not funny. It's not cute.
0: Vote for Joe Biden so we can focus on getting Joe Biden out of office.
1: Yeah, we need to. It's a hierarchy of needs here. Yeah. Yeah. This is like division. There is an order of operations that needs to be followed. You can't can't just go willy nilly.
0: So start with Trump and then we'll worry about Joe Biden later. I'm sure he'll be a special kind of problem in his own way. But we will cross that bridge when we get to it.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Oh, what encouraging words to end this podcast with.
1: (laughs) Well, here's the great news is that uh, COVID is going to be a problem for anybody who wins this next. I don't know why anybody would want to be the president in the next six months because it's going to be ugly now. It's bad. If you're in a rural area, just stay inside please, for the love of God. Actually, this is more important, in my opinion, than our vote message. If you are in an area where your closest medical facility is a community hospital, please stay home. (laughs) Like, just stay home in a way as much as you can.
0: Yeah, mom.
1: uh, Yeah. Everyone in Orange County that I know.
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, my mom, my mom is pretty good about your mom knows what's up covid stuff she's not a trump supporter oh, so sweet she takes it all seriously
1: i'm related to so many
0: trump supporters it's insane i'm sure i am too but welcome. Sweet. Yep. all right all right hey this was a good episode yeah let's do it caitlin say goodbye 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 everybody we love you